Okay, and we're live on the Niche Agent. So today we got a great guest. It's Valerie Ford from Charlottesville, Virginia. So Valerie, why don't you take a quick second and tell us a bit about yourself and why you're here. Okay, well, um, I've been an agent since 2005, and I started off actually in mortgages before that, and uh, I, I was down in Florida. I started actually in Gene Rivers' office, so for the real estate agents that are listening, he's, he was awesome and a great place to start. And uh, I moved up to Charlottesville in 2007, and uh, just been going strong since then. So. Right. so for you, obviously this is a niche agent, so is it niche for you or is it niche for you? Uh, I say niche. Okay, that's good. That's, I think you're the first American that said niche, so that's a bonus point. I like you already. Oh, um, right. <laughs> so why don't you tell us a bit about your niche and niches and uh, kind of what you've done in the past and, and what brings you to the show? Yeah, well, so down in Florida, I did a lot of investment properties because the area that I lived in was, it was historic um, revitalization. And so it was a bunch of, a lot of flipping going on. So I worked with investors and I did, you know, my father's a builder, so I went way above and beyond, and I would design floor plans and show people how to, you know, reconfigure the houses, and, you know, I'd get paid like a thousand bucks because they're you know, $30,000 houses, and <laughs> it, was, it was really working for my paycheck. And uh, since I moved up to Virginia, it's such a historical area. I mean, we're where, you know, you know Thomas Jefferson, we've got Monticello, and um, all the presidents, the University of Virginia, so we have a lot of historic properties here as well, and a lot of farms and estates. So I've really enjoyed getting to know about all the different areas and the historical aspects and working with the biggest states. I actually I sold a farm um, that was Patrick Henry's parents' farm. So that was kind of cool, a lot of history there. And uh, just a lot of neat old properties. And, uh, you know, I've kind of learned with, with my father being a builder, you know, I've learned a lot, of the a lot of the architecture and stuff. So work with investors as well is a big market for me. Okay. So, I mean, now for you, you said you were more making much money on those initial properties. Obviously, you must have had the passion behind it because to do that and put that much energy in there is definitely passion. And with a niche, we find a lot of people, when they find a niche that they love, it's driven by passion. So can you kind of go deeper with that passion and, and what yeah. drove you? So what happened was I, my very first home, I was so excited to buy a home. And, um, you know, being a mortgage broker, you, you know about real estate, but you don't know about real estate. So you think, you know, you know just enough <laughs> to be dangerous. <laughs> yeah. So I go in to buy this house, and it was built in 1902, and, um, you know, we had to gut it completely and take out all the electrical and plumbing, and everything was redone. But when I went to buy the house, it was a dual agency situation. And um, I had no idea what dual agency was. You know, I was 20 three years old, 24 years old, and um, so the agent just, I mean, he took us to the cleaners. We had no idea that we, we could see that the roof was terrible. We could see that the storm had damaged the HVAC system. Like, we, we could see that, and we just thought that we had to buy the house like that. We had no idea that we could ask, and we had no idea that we could ask for anything less than full asking price. And, you know, our agent, being dual agent, he just didn't volunteer that information. So, um, so we got taken to the cleaners, and uh, but in the process, I learned a lot about real estate, and I learned a lot about fixing up this home because we literally took it down to the studs and started all over again. Wow. And um, we we still have it down in Florida because we actually we would have made a ton of money if we had a crystal ball and could have seen the market <laughs> before it crashed. But um, we still have it down in Florida. It's a great investment property. I mean, we are making a thousand bucks a month on it um, as a rental. And um, 
so it makes good property income. But but anyway, so going through that, you know, I got an appreciation for the construction process, and I saw the opportunity there, you know, as far as doing investments, investment properties, and um, so I really had something to offer when it came to meeting with investors because I could see I have this great knack and talent for seeing what something could be and being able to put the numbers behind it to make it make sense. So working with the investment properties and with investors has become really passionate for me because I get to use the creativity side and you know help them to build and create something that's amazing that can go to the end user. And that's a good point because you mentioned you're working with investors and typically not all the time, but most investors are just number of people. It's yeah. got to make sense financially. So if you can bring that that creative flair to it, it definitely can help yeah. or see some of the potential that they may not be able to see. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, it's just it's a numbers game for investors. And so you know, I've learned that certain homes you go in and look at them. You okay, okay, you're not going to have to move so many walls with this home. You can just do this, this, and this. And so it becomes beneficial to them because it's a lot of like what you said. They they can't necessarily see that. Every time they go in, they're just they just see a dilapidated home that needs work. Yeah, yeah. So it's fun. It's fun for me. Okay, so when you're looking for the when you were doing these historic homes, was there a demand for it? Was there where did you create that niche, or did you is was the area fully full of historic homes, or was it kind of a special specialized market in the area? Full of historic homes. And it took a special person to get into that particular neighborhood down in Florida because it was urban renewal. Um, I mean, the uh, the house next door to our house, um, I remember sitting on the porch one day and all these cop cars come flying down the road and next thing you know, they throw somebody up on the hood and they're just spitting crack rocks out of his mouth. I mean, it's it was urban renewal, and but it was the it was the very first neighborhood in Jacksonville. So that just that was so cool to me, and I have such an appreciation for that historical aspect. And so I wanted to help to revitalize the neighborhood, and I enjoyed living there, and I enjoyed the people there. And you know, when that happened, with with the um, the city did was what they did was they darted the house, which was like the drug area resistance team or something. I don't remember what Dart stood for exactly, but but they would condemn it and they'd make that homeowner sell it. So he couldn't rent it out to anybody else. And so that's how the neighborhood was turning over. And so okay. it was really cool to see that process happen. So any investor that I could get to get in there and fix up these homes, it was benefiting me because my home was in there as well. And it was really beautifying the neighborhood. So it was cool. Wow. So, I mean, I know a lot of agents, when they're first getting started, they're afraid of how do they break into the market. So you you had the passion behind it, and you had the knowledge because you were working there. How cool. did you actually crack into that market and break into it to position yourself as an expert in that area? I just met people. I mean, I just, you know, I'd go to the neighborhood functions. We had throwback baseball games. We had um, Marty Paws parade where everybody would walk their dogs. There was walking cocktail parties during the holidays. And so it was just getting to meet the people in those neighborhoods and actually interacting with them and developing relationships. And I, that's what I'm amazing at, is that I've developed relationships all around the country and around the world. And I keep in touch with people, and I maintain that line of communication, and it's really helped with building my real estate business and my brand. Okay. So the investors that are buying, were they local residents? Were they people out of the area, out, out of the Florida area, or what was the what's the kind of ratio? They were, they were local. They were local residents. So they knew you from being in the area and know... Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the other part of it was I started developing a big online presence 
And because from moving, moving from Virginia down to Florida, I mean, I was going from, you know, 60,000 people to a million people in Jacksonville. And so to be able to market to that broad of a base, the only way was going to be internet. I mean, it's not going to be the newspaper. It's not going to be, you know, print marketing or anything like that. I mean, because to blanket that many people is, you know, career suicide. Yeah. And so I had to turn to the internet. And so I just started developing, you know, online profiles. I started doing blogs. I started doing, um, you know, reaching out into the different um, chat groups that were available. I mean, in 2005, it's not like it is today. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, but it was really developing that online presence. And so I did get a lot of Internet business for investors that were looking at investment properties in that particular neighborhood, which was Historic Springfield. Hmm. Okay. So how has that transitioned then over the years? Obviously, tech, your techniques and things that you've done have changed. What's changed for you from 2005 to now then? Oh, my gosh. So much more blogging, um, doing video, and, um, I mean, my medium is just, it's expanding. So then it was just, um, you know, links, and then, you know, links and Craigslist and stuff like that. And so it's really expanded into, you know, doing video, doing blogs. I mean, my blog... I looked at the traffic. It had last month like over 275,000 views. Wow. And that just blew my mind for like a blog that Charlottesville, it's like, you know, it's just a crazy, you know, thing for me to wrap my mind around. And, um, you know, doing the video blogs. And so now I've started to transition into doing radio, which will be, I'm so excited to get into. And because I have such a passion for what I do and to be able to, to share that with everybody on a, platform like radio is going to be really exciting for me. That's awesome. And I, and I want to go into the radio, but I just want to touch on a few things before that. So sure. you're talking about the blog. So can you share what type of content you're sharing with the blog and how are you getting it out there? Because I just I just taught a class today at the office uh -huh. about blogging, and that's it's one of the things that I find a lot of agents have a huge misconception about, and they don't understand how to really effectively blog. So can you share kind of what you're doing and, and how it's working? We blog, I mean, I blog about all kinds of stuff from um, uh, one of the things is being careful what you put on social media, like if you're going out of town because of security issues, to, um, you know, are you happy, to um, staging your home, taking proper pictures for real estate agents, which that was cool. I did a blog on that, and it got picked up by Inman News, wow. which is a nationally syndicated or internationally, I guess. Um to just, you know, a crazy real estate closing I had or something that happened when I went into show property or, you know, you just can blog about anything. And if you put some humor into it, then people people tend to, you know, they think it's a chuckle. Like I have people, even with my Facebook blogs that I've met from around the country, um, they're like, Valerie, I can't tell you every day I just have to see what you post on Facebook because you just crack me up. I was like, it's my life. It's just, it's the way it is. So, but just be real and be transparent because people can see right through it. And don't just give all the good in the blog. Also blog about the bad and the stuff that, you know, really sucked today. And, you know, you had this crappy thing happen. And, you know, because people really appreciate that transparency because if they think that you're just... I'm great, I'm great, I'm great, then they're not going to listen to you because that gets old. But if yeah. you really are real about what's going on with your day-to-day -day life, then, you know, people people like it. I mean, people people like to see the bad. <laughs> you know, it's like a car accident. You know, people, you know, rubberneckers. So, Absolutely. 
they can relate to you as a person and they know you're not this fake Hollywood person who thinks their life's amazing and, and everything's perfect. And two, what I find is when you do that kind of stuff and you are real, when they do meet you, they've half of the battle's already taken care of. They're not mm -hmm. there spending half the time trying to get to know you because they already feel like they know you and you can get right to business and, and skip a lot of time and, and build that connection. So yeah, absolutely. With the blog, and are you doing that yourself? Or is there any other anyone else writing the blogs for you or with you, or is it just all you? No, I have a virtual assistant and um, as well as myself. So he, he probably posts like 90% of the blogs. Okay. And um, I probably do about 10% in there. And he's amazing. And he's in the Philippines, and I 100% lucked out. He's, um, he's a U.S. citizen relocated over there, and he's awesome. And he's funny, and he's, he's like an extension of me. So, and, uh, and anything that he posts that might be somewhat controversial or talking about different laws, he runs it by me first to make sure that you know, I'm not putting my opinion or saying, you know, just being really careful with, you know, fair housing and stuff as well. So, Good. so I'm really blessed with that. So then other than the blogging, is there any other online strategy that you're using now or anything that you're going to be maybe implementing in the future? Because I know with uh, Craigslist, and the, it's really changed, and a lot of people put their whole business on Craigslist, and mm -hmm. with some of the changes in the last six months or a year, it's mm -hmm. changed. So is there anything else that you're doing or, or not yeah. doing that has been working? So I have, um, I'm getting ready to post two city guides sites. So I'm going to have Live Richmond and Live Charlottesville. And mm -hmm. what's so cool about these two online sites is that I'm actually going out into the community and finding contributors to market on the websites. And so they're actually going to be paying through different vendor programs for marketing on these websites. And it'll redirect the traffic. And it really becomes a page for the community. So the community can log on and find the best restaurants. They can find the best builders, the best plumbers, the best, you know, of all different industries. And through doing that, I'm actually doing business-to-business -business marketing versus just, you know, for sale by owners, expires, um, you know, just stuff like that. Because when you're calling the for sale by owners, you're calling expired listings, you're just going to get one client, possibly two off of it. But when you're going to the different businesses, like if I go to a divorce attorney, and I develop a relationship with him, I could get 10, 15 plus referrals from them. And um, there's a level of trust that gets established. And so I'm really excited about the, those websites and developing those relationships and getting those contributors on there to help with the online as well. I think that's a very awesome point. It's a critical for people to understand that. Like you said, it wasn't just a one, one deal or two deals from that lead mm -hmm. or that connection. It was multiple. And I do productivity coaching in the office, and I've got two of my clients in the office are now taking that kind of approach, and mm -hmm. they're out building the business relationships. Yeah. Uh, he, he listened to me, one of my clients, he just was uh, two or three weeks ago, and he went out and connected with a hair uh, salon owner, and mm -hmm. he's gotten three referrals from the hair salon owner. He's like, oh, I never would have even thought to do that, so oh, now he's on, a, yeah. he's on a roll, and he's going out every week meeting five or six people every week uh, that are business oh, owners. Yeah, you know what? Like, that doesn't make me think about it. Because think about it, like a massage therapist or a hairstylist, they, people just talk. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, oh, I want to buy a house or do this. Those are great relationships to, to develop partnerships. That's awesome. So where, where did that kind of come from then for you? Was it something you had wanted to do or is it something you just put together so, in the last little while? Or? No. Um, so when I started, so I was contacted by the Real Estate Radio Network and his, Ron Quintero is the CEO and his big 
how he became so successful with real estate was through business to business. And so when he did his you know, talk, when I met with him in person, he really went through and emphasized the importance of that. He's like, because look, he's like, I used to do this. I used to do all of those things, the client for sale by owners. I used to do that. And he's like, and it was so tedious. And he's like, but it was leaps and bounds more successful when he actually was going out, going out into the community and meeting the business owners, meeting the attorneys, meeting the title company owners, meeting the um, you know bankruptcy trust, the financial planners, and establishing those relationships. And so that's when his business really you know because he had gotten to a plateau with the the regular phone calls, but when he went to the business to business, his he just you know skyrocketed through the roof. And then it opens up your business to their database and the, the other thing too is I find a lot of agents will go after if they do business partnerships they'll go after the typical people home inspectors home mm. stagers lawyers mortgage brokers I'm like there's such a whole other realm of people out there that you could be touching base with and getting in front of their database that yeah. they're they're all home buyers and sellers and and yeah. that's what's cool about the website versus so the website like I can do that with the other people because with my real estate show since it just pertains to real estate I can't reach out to all those other people as contributors but since I have the website and I can direct traffic back to them then I can develop those partnerships so it's enabling me to kind of reach out to a bigger pool which is which is really exciting so so you now it sounds like you've got a lot of stuff going on how are you <laughs> how are you balancing and finding and like how much time is spent on the business stuff, how much time is spent on actually selling real estate, and now you've got the radio show, like, how, what, what's your life look like on a typical day or a week or a month? Hmm. Well, so the first part of the day, I'm generally setting up the appointments that if I'm going to go show properties, um, and, and to be totally honest with you, I've kind of put on the brakes a little bit to, to get this foundation put back in place to really ramp back up, because I felt like I kind of maxed out the market last year, in Charlottesville and I expanded into the Richmond market and so I've kind of put the brakes back on so I can really excel and you know start back over with a good foundation moving forward so so my day right now is really setting up the people to be contributors on the radio show or setting up the people to be on the website and the vendor programs and establishing and working on building those relationships I go probably maybe three or four times a week to actually show properties or write contracts. And and I can't complain. I mean, like last week I wrote, you know, four contracts in a day, which was awesome. Yeah. And um, so I'm still doing business as it's coming in, but I'm not actually going out and soliciting for it. And that's the great part of my database and keeping in touch with my database, which I have different systems like viral marketing. Um, some people use, uh, was it BombBomb? to do their video blogs and stuff and to keep in touch with their database. So I have these other mechanisms that actually are automated and so I'll get people that keep coming in from that resource. So. Good. Yeah, and I, I find a lot of people don't understand the automating and systematizing and the importance of that because it allows you to be able to take on new things. But yeah. what I find is a lot of agents try to put on as many things as they can without automating it first. Like you have to create a system, get good at it, automate it, yeah. then move on to the next one, get good at it, automate it. Whereas I know a lot of agents come in and they just go, okay, I need a bit of this, need a bit of this, a bit of this, a bit of this, and they try to run it all at once. It's you kind of yeah. have to 
like you said, you're laying the foundation. You're slowing down right now, but you're laying that foundation so that it will run on autopilot. Oh my gosh, it's going to be amazing, and I can't wait. I mean, I'm really, really, really excited for for everything that I have moving forward, and um, it's pretty, pretty exciting. Awesome. So I want to talk about the radio show then for you, because that's obviously a big, big venture for you now. Can yeah. you talk about how that happened and and where that came from and and why? Yeah. So, um, so I got first contacted by the Real Estate Radio Network, and they basically did a Google search of the Richmond market, and I came up as one of the top top agents. And that's from the background they're telling you in Jacksonville when I was starting off, because I realized that being online matters. I mean, if you Google my name, the first four pages of Google are full. And um, so we, and you know, I get out there, and so I went in and I met with them, and they broke it down to I think there were ten people. That they set, that they picked to sit down with, and out of the ten, I was picked to do the radio show. So um, I ended up going out to San Diego and did the training, which was, you know, it was great. It just, it was talking about asking questions and being able to, you know, communicate over the airwaves that passion. And it's so funny because you, I've listened to so many, you know, radio shows and it's just blah 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 blah, and there's no passion and like you just want to turn it off, just click, go, change. And uh, I mean, I definitely have you know a ton of passion for what I do, and he could hear that across, over the phone and when he saw me in person, and so uh, so that, that's going to be really 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 fun to do that and to start developing those relationships and doing that part. So that's in Richmond, and okay. then my home base. So my office is in Richmond, but my home is actually in Charlottesville. So demographically or geographically, it's about maybe 50 miles apart. And as far as demographics go, it's about, like I said, it's 60-some thousand, university town in Charlottesville, and it's 300,000 in Richmond. So it's significantly bigger. There's two main universities in Richmond. I think there's a couple other smaller ones, but um, and it's the capital of Virginia. So, um, so I'm doing the radio show there, and then I was just contacted last week or maybe the week before, by rate. And I came really rec highly recommended by a lot of the top agents at Keller Williams who actually utilize rate. And they wanted me to do a show in Charlottesville. So it's a lot <laughs> yeah. doing doing a show, you know, in two different places. But I travel both places during the week anyway. And um, I'm just excited to be able to have a show in my own backyard. And that will probably start in maybe two or three weeks. Good. So same basis, real estate related. Um, I just I know everybody in Charlottesville, and I know a lot of people in Richmond. But uh, it'll just be it'll be cool being in my hometown. It ups your celebrity status, which is pretty awesome. Yes. <laughs> so do would the radio stations be heard in either of those cities, or is it just like is Charlottesville only going to hear Charlottesville, or is Richmond going to hear Richmond, or is there going to be the yeah. crossover? They don't cross over. It's like they just they just don't cross. I mean, there's there's mountains in between, and um, the signal just doesn't carry. So, okay. I mean, if it was social media, you can do it anywhere. I mean, we've got uh, it'll be on iTunes. I'll have you know different YouTube channels that it'll go on different websites. It streams live on the station website. So there's awesome. other ways if somebody wanted to hear it. So the premise for that then for you is to be the real estate expert to the community. So you said you're lining up guests and stuff. So who are you going to be having on the show and what's the topics and what's it going to kind of be like? Um, so I have a credit improvement uh, gentleman that 
I, you know, I've always heard of credit repair, and I always had this negative connotation. You know, it's like used car salesmen. It's like, uh, you know, which they say, you know, real estate agents aren't far off. But <laughs> so I, uh, I met with this credit improvement guy, and I mean, it was just amazing the stuff that that they can do with credit. And so he's going to be on the show, and he's going to have a segment called Mr. Credit, where he just answers questions that people might have. And um, like, I didn't know that. Like if you have a like a repossession on your credit, if they didn't provide you with like th two notices, like a 60-day and a 90-day notice, and if they can't prove that they provided you with that, then they have to remove it from the credit if you dispute it. And like, wow, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. that's awesome. So it's awesome for people that were in a hardship situation that might not have been able to take care of it. Like I had a good friend that um, he had a situation where you know, he was in an accident, he was waiting for, you know, he had an Aflac-type company if he had an accident that would take care of his auto bills if he wasn't able to work. And so it just, it turns into a fight. Like, these companies don't pay like they say they're going to pay, and then his car ended up getting repossessed, and the bank, he had paid, like, $15 a month for some insurance through his lender to, in case something happened, that they would take over the payments, and you know, it's always something, but but everything. Every time people get bad nicks on their credit, it's not necessarily because they wanted it or were aware of it. Because a lot of people are just ignorant and they don't know any different. Yeah. Yeah. But he's gonna be on the show. I have, um, I think Brett Hinion's gonna come on the show with corporate consulting, and um, I know Bain Hinion was a big inspiration for Gary Keller and helped Keller Williams get started. Um, Jay Papazon is going to come on the show and talk about the one thing. That's awesome. Which be really cool. Um, I have a coach, so I'm hoping to get my real estate coach on the show. And uh, I have a life coach. Maybe I'll get her on the show as well. And just, you know, it's just talking about, like, not only real estate, but creating a life by design and, you know, not being reactive. Because even with, you know, your own personal life and not even – necessarily if you're self-employed, you can create your own life. And um, so you have free time. You can actually schedule out everything and have more systems in place for your own life, which is cool. So I really hope to share that on the show and share that passion. And um, I, I feel like I really, um, I don't know if you've heard the saying, be, do, have. Absolutely. It's bold. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I am that. So I, I be. I mean, I literally feel like I don't work a day in my life. And... Um, so when you ask me what I do for work on a day-to-day -day basis, it's really hard for me to quantify what's work and what's not because I really feel like it's it's just play for me. It's just who I am, and it's what I enjoy doing, and um, and I've done well with it. So I want to be able to share that with other people because, like, you know, so many agents or just, just individuals think that, you know, if I had this, then I could do this, then I would be happy. And it just it never works that way. So. And it, again, the passion and the enjoyment is having a niche. You found it, you mastered it, and rather than spreading yourself too thin and trying to be yeah. all things all people, you yeah. know where your strengths are, and you focus on those, and you make it part yeah. of your business, and it it's allowed you to have the life that you want because you created that. Exactly, and you're so good at it that it's second nature. So you're not having to you know think about it, and you're just being, and that's when it becomes awesome. So. I, so I wanted to ask you because I just I was listening to a podcast on Monday, and mm -hmm. they said it was very 
why I knew this, but it just was an eye-opener again for me. They said, as you get more successful, you get more opportunities th- mm-hmm. given to you. What happens is when you get more opportunities, it can sometimes take you off track yeah. because there's a ton of opportunities and more and more people want to give you these yeah. great opportunities. How do you find that balance of what direction you want to stay in? Because now you have a radio show and now you've got this. How do you keep that focus and, and stay yeah. on track? So it's funny that you said because what I told my um, – what I told Ron with the Real Estate Radio Network is that real estate's my cover. And he's like, what do you mean by that? And I was like, well, real estate is what allows me to do what I really enjoy doing. So, like, I enjoy doing small business coaching. I enjoy doing, I mean, I helped a gardener here in town get his business back on track after getting totally derailed. And um, that, and he's like, well, what do I, how do I repay you? You completely helped me and changed my life. And I was like, Just give me a referral. You know, this is fun for me. Yeah. And so... That's what I really enjoy doing. So with the radio and being able to do that on a bigger platform, that's what I want to do. And the real estate part of it, so that's why I have to put on the brakes because I have to really put my team in place because I can't just stop doing the real estate because everything from the radio is going to filter back into the real estate. And I need to be there to, to train and coach my team to be successful. And so you know that's why I've had to stop you know, reconvene, recollect, make sure all the systems and everything are in place so that I can move back forward again. So, yeah, yeah, the opportunities have come up and you just really have to go back and, you know, zoom up to 30,000 feet and look down on what you're creating and make sure everything's going to work because you don't want to just, you know, fly out over here and then everything else gets left behind and then you're stuck with a radio show that doesn't pay anything (laughs) (laughs) for itself, like that's it. So. so then is your intention to become a seventh level team where you're kind of the face of it and not is involved on a day-to-day basis in that sense? Yes. That's my goal. Good. I love real estate. I love the people I've met. I love looking at the architecture. Um, I love I love that part of it. Um, do I love it more than the coaching? Probably not. Um, do I love it more than being able to help people on a larger level than just buying a home? Probably not. So, um, but I still, that's still a really important part of my life. And so I don't want to get rid of it. And I still want to be able to help people so they don't get stuck in dual agency situations, yep. end up having to pay $13,000 for a new roof and an $8,000 HVAC that the seller should have paid for. Yep. You know, I want to be able to help as many people as possible. So that's really, um, you know, so. So yeah, I want my cake and eat it too. And I think with a seventh level team, I can. And that's kind of my intentions with this show as well. Is I love. I always tell people like I love the real estate industry. Mm-hmm. I love it more than I love the the transaction basis. I I still love selling houses and things like that. But I love the the broader picture. It's to me, it's it's bigger than just selling houses. And I love the opportunity to be able to help other agents be able to do it and help them help more people and help them yeah. see how awesome this industry is and help them find what it is that matches them and what it is that makes their business tick and how they can get the same passion that you have and yeah. see the excitement in it. So it's yeah. awesome to see you to share that with other people too. So. Oh yeah. And that's, that's so much fun and it's fun to, um, you know, interact with a lot of the agents on Facebook and, you know, help people out. And I get, you know, a lot of private messages from people just, ask some questions or advice and you know I'm always open to share anything with anybody so you know anybody feel free to shoot me a message or you know post something on my Facebook wall because I love helping people and that's that's what I love doing 
whether it's selling them a house, whether it's helping them with their business, whether it's walking their dog. I mean, it's just, it's what I enjoy doing. And, um, and that's fun for me. And, you know, that's me being, <laughs> and, uh, it enables me to do what I want to do. And I have, I have, you know, an amazing life and amazing children and, um, you know, it's great. So I can't complain. Awesome. So that's a good segue in for the last segment is what's the good, good piece of takeaway advice that you can give a good golden nugget that people can take away from you so that if they're kind of where you are at or where they want to be where you're doing, what's a good thing that you can mm -hmm. tell them? Well, I think that you just really need to be yourself and be transparent and find that passion. If your passion is, you know, helping people to, you know, buy their homes or sell their homes, do that. And, you know, tying back into, you know, Gary Keller and Jay's book, The One Thing, like if you're just passionate working with buyers, then find a team and be a buyer specialist. Don't, you know, mess around with all the paperwork and all the other stuff. And, you know, do that. Or if you just like working with sellers, then just do referrals for all your buyers. So there's, you know, really find that one thing that you're passionate about and do it. And do it where you're awesome at it. And you just, you know, you really, really excel. And, you know, there's not any question that you're the expert because it's what you do 100% of the time. And so um, I think that would be the biggest, you know, tidbit of advice. Because not everybody can be a team leader. Not everybody can create teams. And that's okay but you can still be really, really successful and not do that. So Good. you know, you just have to look at, you know, look at what you want to do and do it. So what you're saying is they should find their niche. Exactly. <laughs> Perfect. It. Okay, so we'll appreciate you being on the show. So if you can uh, let people know how, what's the best way to get a hold of you and see what you're up to, how can people check you out? Mm -hmm. Well, they can find me on Twitter. It's at ValerieFord.com, and it's Valor, like V-A-L-O-R-I-E, Ford like the car. And um, they can find me on Facebook, same thing. Um, they can text me. It's United States, so it's 434-327-6900. Or my email is vford at kw.com. Okay, perfect. I will put all that information in the uh, show notes below then so they can check that out. So, Valerie, oh. thank you again for being on the show. We really appreciate you being on. And let us know how the radio show goes because I'm excited okay. to hear how that success you have from that. Absolutely. You should be on the show. If you're more than happy to have me on, I would be happy to be on. Yes, you can be a call-in. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, thank you again for being on the show, and have a good one. Thank you. Thanks for having me.